Hey, and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Before we begin, if you would like to become a patron of Theatre in the Now, head over to patreon.com slash theatre in the now, where you can learn about getting exclusive content, ticket discounts, and much, much more. And follow us on Twitter at Theatre in the Now, and of course, check out us at theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. With us today is Matt Master Mateo. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> um, so we're recording this on MLK Day. Yeah. So it's basically a holiday for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So how are you spending your little holiday? Um, today is a holiday and it is also my last day before I go back to school. Um, your last day of freedom. <laughs> yeah, last day of freedom uh, forever. Um, so I'm kind of just taking a day. Um, I think I'm going to go into the city in a little bit. Um, and just kind of wander around, do a city day, get recharged, and then go back for the long haul. Nice. So this is a fun episode um, where we're not necessarily plugging anything, but we're going to be just talking about life and theater and the fun ways to balance life with grad school and producing a fringe show. Yeah. So let's start with um, your background. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in a city just outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey, called Epsikin. Um, spent the good old 18 years of my life there until I went to undergrad in Maryland. And where, where in Maryland? Uh, Emmitsburg, Maryland. Um, nice and rural. A lot of cows, a lot of pastures. Um, small, private Catholic out there. And uh, enjoyed four years of my life in we're all Maryland, and then another two after I graduated. So how? what were you like as a child? Oh, God. Um, I. It's one of those things where you kind of look back and you watch home videos of yourself, and you're like, oh, my God, that was me. Um, I was a ball of energy, and I was a little know-it-all. Um, like, to an annoying degree. So theater was perfect for you. Oh my god, it was great. Um, I should be a director. Um, (laughs) uh, My friends and family should have killed me. Uh, No, I remember, I look back at home videos and there's one that stands out in my mind right now. I was in preschool, or like kindergarten, I think, and I was in a CCD class, good old Catholic kids in school or whatever it's called. And we did the, like this Christmas pageant. We were all like little actors and actresses. I was one of the wise men. And we got to the end of the show and like I'm sitting there off stage. But you can see me clearly in the wing with my teacher. And she didn't close the curtain. And I was so offended by that. <laughs> so like I nudge her and I whisper like you didn't close the curtain. And like the woman just throws the curtain and you watch it all happen and it's on tape. And I love it every second of it because it's so sassy and I'm like five. Oh, I wish I could have access to this. I wish I could too. I got to find a way to get VHS to oh like. Oh that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, so is that like your official start into theater? Well, yes. Uh, no, I lied. Um, in preschool we did small productions and I played the gingerbread man and it was one of my leading roles. Um, one of my best performances. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and there are some great one-liners. Um, uh, the preschool teacher took a lot of creative liberties with the gingerbread story. Um, we wound up going to McDonald's in the end and nobody got eaten, which was great. Um, 
but yeah, no, I think I started my first uh, stage production was in preschool. Nice. So what made you go to school for theater? Oh, um, that's a fun one. Um, in high school, I started doing musicals and shows um, because I needed something that wasn't book work. Um, my dad told me, like, <laughs> knowing me as a child, he was like, you'd probably be good in theater. You should do one of the shows. Um, so I did it, and I loved every minute of it. And I got to my senior year, and it was either go to school for pre-med <laughs> or go to school for theater. And I don't think I could see you as a doctor. I don't think I could see myself as much. <laughs> um, so I went to school for a teacher, which was a nice in-between. My mom didn't lose her mind. And um, after the first semester, I decided I, I couldn't do anything else. Um, I transferred over to our BA in theater program at my undergrad, and everything leading up to that made sense. Nice. All the school sh shows I did in school and all the connections I made and all the people I worked with um, and everything they ever said to me about like, hey, you should probably do this, you should do this, you should do this, it kind of made sense. Um, and that's how I ended up in undergrad for a BA in theater and music. And then I took two years off after undergrad and decided I wanted more. So I went back to grad school for my MFA in theater. So let's talk about that process. How, when did you realize that you needed a MFA? I knew during my undergrad that I needed more training. Um, it was a BA program. I didn't have intensive acting, voice and speech classes. Um, and I had planned to go to URTA's, which is the regional graduate school auditions, um, my senior year of college, and I backed out because I got scared. Um, and I decided I wasn't ready. I needed to be on stage more. And I took two years and worked an office job at my undergrad. And while I love the people I work with, it was just an office job. It was just day-to-day, -day, repeat, repeat, repeat. And... I was working as an actor in Maryland as well, and some in D.C., and I decided to commit, like, all in. Grad school was the way I was going to get that training, and so here we go. Audition. So what were you looking for in a program when you started that pursuit? To get accepted. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I knew where I was in, as an actor, and I knew where I needed to be. Um, so I kind of just went into it looking at a bunch of schools that I, I knew the name of and Urta is an interesting experience in that there's on any given year there's a bazillion schools going and it's a lot coming at you to learn about every program to learn about the ones you're interested in is a lot of research a lot of time spent figuring out what's good for you and what you need um, so I did a lot of front-loaded research I talked to the schools that I was interested in and the school I ended up at, LIU Post, is actually, was never on my radar. Um, it was part of the satellite auditions, which is a separate grouping. Um, but I got a call back for the school, and they started talking to me about the program, which is a theater devising acting program um, in its infancy. We're the first year of the program. And I decided I wanted to go here. Um, there's a lot of weight put on the actor's shoulders and that you get to kind of create your work and you get to be your own artist and i wanted a well-rounded education um i think to be an artist in new york city or in the world in general anymore 
Um, it's not about just being one thing. I think multiple streams of income, multiple streams of um, work are super important. So I wanted to go to a program that was going to give me a bunch of different tools and give me the freedom to play. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've done a lot in this program that's kind of all over the place, um, whether it be classical training. Um, I'm currently in the throes of a devising project that we're putting up the week we get back, inauguration weekend. And uh, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been a lot of fun. What have been some of the biggest challenges and surprises since entering grad school? Oh, um, working with an ensemble again. Um, I've, for almost four or five years before I came to grad school, I was kind of my own boss. Um, I was an actor. I was working in administrative roles and office jobs and stuff. And I kind of got to go be on my own and do my own thing when things got hard. And... For me to be a, in a group of people, whether I like it or not, and have to go through my hard times and go through my highs and my lows um, and remember that I have to be professional and be in a room with people um, was difficult at first. Mm -hmm. um, I was living on my own in Maryland and I have roommates again and it's kind of being a student again was really weird after taking two years off um, where you kind of got to always feel like you're on. Um, and then it's just being in the room again getting critiqued and working and those late nights like trying to figure it out um it's so different than being in a rehearsal process or being a in a professional um situation where okay we're rehearsing get it down get it down get it down and this is what it is at opening night right. this is where we are um but i'm back in a situation where they're kind of challenging me okay there's no such thing as perfect keep trying keep working um and it's amazing and wonderful and I love it and it's just everything I wanted but it was also an adjustment of course yeah. so as a grad student you also have to do a little teaching a little bit <laughs> and how, how's that been going um, it's one of the most rewarding things I've done in my life um, I knew that teaching was something that I've always kind of wanted to do it was in the back of my mind um, I didn't know how or why I wanted to do it um, I think if we have a gift or we have any knowledge about something, we need to share it with those coming behind us. Um, and I've been very lucky to TA and observe a lot of courses. And this past semester, I got to TA and do some teaching. And hopefully this semester, I get to do that as well. Um, do you know what class you'd be doing? I, I've been working with non-majors. Um, non-majors. exciting. Which is, it's, it is, but... Like, we joke around with non-majors, and, like, they have no idea what's going on. They're, of course. It, but uh, they have this incredible ability to just get into a room and play around. It's great. Because for them, it's, there's no stakes. There's no, like, I need to learn how to do this exercise, or I won't be a working actor when I graduate. Right, right. Um, have you converted any? I would like to say I have. Um, if they're not actors, I think they're going to be better people for it. Great. That's always important. <laughs> yeah. So the world needs good people. Yeah. I when I teach my classes, it's very much a, a creative creativity coaching environment. Um, you might not want to be an actor, but if this inspires you to write or pick up a paintbrush, do it. That's, Perfect. That's where I am. So to add on to everything you did in, in grad school, you decided last summer to produce a fringe show. Yep. <laughs> so let's talk about that experience. Oh, fringe. How did you? first um get the thought bubble of let's do a friend show oh um so it was kind of a 
birth child of a number of people in my cohort. Um, we, in our first semester, were looking at our curricula and our um, two years that we have in grad school and realized that we didn't have a lot of performance opportunities um, because it is a devising program and some of the work that we'd be creating aren't necessarily um, going on our resume as acting sure. experience. Um, there was a, a call from a lot of my colleagues to get more performance opportunities and get more experiences in the actual professional world if we're this close to New York City. Um, so I had sat down with a couple of my faculty and talked out ideas and ways to get those experiences. And um, Steve Kaliski, who's a former professor and a friend of mine, um, sat down with me one day and he was like, fringe is a thing that happens in the city. I knew a little bit about it and I started running with it. It was our first semester of grad school. It was like October. Um, the application went live in December-ish. I can't remember when it was due because it was all a blur and I blacked out. Um, and I decided to run with it. I started talking to playwrights. I started talking to my colleagues and who would be seriously interested in doing an extra show and taking our, our only break. Um, we had, I think, four weeks off from grad school because um, we're in a condensed two years experience. Um, and who would be okay just like pedal to the metal, taking that one break away and getting some more acting experience. So what was it like being not only an actor in this project, but also a producer? <laughs> um, it was an, it was a labor of love. Um, I think it was one of the most stressful experiences I've ever been a part of. I think it was one of the most um, nerve-wracking experiences I've ever been a part of because I had so many hats at once. Of course. Um, I remember there being days when I had to walk in as an actor, but I was about to say a line and I was like, oh shoot, that email I had to send to the costume designer. Um, but I had an amazing, amazing team and our director who is an amazing person, um, Elizabeth Osler, she comes at theater with a spirit of compassion and joy and niceness. Um, it's one of her main roles to only work with people who are nice. That's great. <laughs> and. Um, it I was... usually only work with people who are pretty, so... Oh, okay. Well, it, it distracts everyone um, who think my play sucks to, like, to look at the pretty people. Oh, oh, look, look, there's pretty boys flouncing around on stage. I saw your friend show. Remember? Yeah, well, we, we <laughs> shared a space together, so... Yeah. So I, um, I had an amazing time working with those people, and if I hadn't had that group there to support me and remember that, hey, Matt's on stage, but he's also a producer, and vice versa, um, it's... I, I wouldn't have made it through. Um, I had a great support system, and I think Fringe is an amazing experience. I'm sad to hear that's not coming back. Um, it'll, um, it'll be back. It'll, They're taking a little breather. A little hiatus. We all need a vacation, and I think... Absolutely. Um, but it, it, was, it was a great experience, and it was scary and fun, and everything that my colleagues and I needed to know um, going into this profession and being so close to the city and saying, hey, like, what happens in a year when we graduate? Or right. now, what is it, six months? That's, that's, that's close. <laughs> it's okay. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> so what was the best moment of the experience? What was the one anecdote you'll take away and tell for years and years to come? Drinking after. <laughs> no. Uh, no, it was actually after our closing night. I finally got to have a sit down with 
um, a lot of the people on our production team, the playwright, my co-producers, um, the director, and kind of just talk about what I took from the experience. Um, it was so fast-paced, and there was so much that happened, um, and there was so much that we all had to do that I never really got to sit down and embrace the fact that the work that we did and all that running around got a story told that needed to be told, at least in our perspective. Right. Um, and there, was an, there wasn't a moment during the process where I sat down and said, oh, there can be joy found in that. And um, I was a weepy mess. I was a couple glasses of wine in, and I was just like, guys, like, I moved to New York City. I'm in grad school, and as hard as it is and how crazy as it is at times, um, there's a lot of joy to be found in the fact that we are storytellers and we are artists and we get to make things happen. That's great. And yeah, it was a beautiful moment and I, I wish I could remember it because I blacked out later that night. So months <laughs> out, you've done one self-producing project. Mm -hmm. Would you do it again? I would in a heartbeat. Amazing. Um, I, so it was great to hear. Yeah. Um, the company that came out of that or the that is in, in its infancy and we have to have a lot of conversations about um, is something that I hope lives on and I'm really excited to kind of have those conversations about what we do next. Um, I think being a artist who goes out there and creates work for themselves is incredibly um, useful in our profession and in our career. Um, so I, I hope it lives on and I would love to produce another show. I don't know if I would be in the show. Sure. Um, I think it would wear be best a single to hat. wear a single hat and be the yes man or the no man. But um, in a heartbeat, I love getting stories told. And I think that's so important. If you can give one piece of advice to someone who wants to self-produce something, what would it be? Um, make sure you have the savvy, the know-how, the ability to ask people for money. Um that's something that I struggled with a lot. Um, As did I. And I think have compassion with yourself um, or be nice to yourself. It's something that I'm learning in grad school that I don't do very much for, with myself. So give yourself breaks. Give yourself breaks. Um, Which is something I did not. And thank God I had an amazing co-producer who yelled at me if I didn't take a break. Yeah. No, that was so necessary. It's and so important. There was days when I like wake up in a start and my boyfriend would be there and he'd be like, what the heck is wrong? And I was like, I have no idea who I didn't email, but I know I didn't email someone. And he's like, can it wait till tomorrow? I was like, I have no idea. And he's like, maybe you should just go back to bed and maybe it'll come to you. Yeah. 20 minutes later, I wake back up and I'd remember who it was and he'd be fine with me like texting in bed and emailing in bed at four o'clock in the morning. How sweet. Yeah. And then I get an email back like, Matt, why are you emailing at four o'clock in the morning? <laughs> what is wrong with you? You have a rehearsal at 10 a.m. So it's... It's learning that balance of being passionate about something and caring about something and also letting it be what it has to be. So this is a question I ask always on my um, interviews online, um, but I love asking it and hearing the wide array of answers, but what or who inspires you as an artist? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I think that's such a wide array of things. Um, I love... I have my celebrity answers. I have the Meryl Streep's of the world. I have um, the Patrick Stewart's of the world. I have the Ian McKellen's of the world. But the people I've met and I've worked with hands-on are what keep me going. Um, I've met and worked with artists all over the spectrum, whether it be community theater, whether it be regional theater, um, whether it be Broadway vets. Um, 
any teacher I ever had, anybody who took their gift and their craft and cared about it enough to go and share that with the next generation, um, they keep me going. Um, it's why I want to be a teacher. It's why I want to be an artist. Um, it's the most compassionate and caring thing I think anybody could ever do to go be a teacher. So any of my teachers, teaching artists. That's great. Yeah. Do you have any dream roles? Oh. I'm sure um, those have changed since you entered grad school. They have. Um, I think I'm all over the place. I like to consider myself a non-singer or a actor who sings at best. Um, but there are the musical theater roles of the world that I would love to play. Um, unfortunately, they're all women. Um, but uh, Who says you can't do drag? This is true. I've, I've done a lot of that in grad school. Um, but uh, they're... With the Angels revival coming to the West End, I'm fascinated by that show, and it keeps popping up back in my life, and I'd love to play a prior one day. Um, yeah, no. Um, I, it changes every day. I wake up, and I'm like, oh, that play is lovely. Or I go see plays at Fringe Festival, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I want to be in an adaptation of Gint, or it's it's just, it changes every day. I'm so ADD about roles. Any um, aspirations of originating a role? I would kill to. Um, so playwrights, you heard it. You got someone who wants one. <laughs> no, I would love to originate a role. I love, I love book work. I love those conversations at two o'clock in the morning over coffee and or wine um, with playwrights or directors about characters, why we why we look at them the way we do, um, what their motivations are, and why we do the effed up things we do as human beings. And uh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Who's your dream co-star? Oh, dream co-star. Um, just because I saw La La Land the other day, I, uh, Emma Stone is stunning and beautiful, and I think she's a lot of fun. Um, Here I was going to think you're going to say Ryan Gosling. Oh, I, 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 he was my second. I, I, I think I had to do one for the, the male and the female. Um, but film acting, amazing. And if I could be in the same room with any of like the theatrical greats, I'd... I would die. Judy Dench, if I could walk on a stage with her and, like, just be there. Like, I could be third soldier from the left as she does, like... Or you can be her footstool. Oh, my God, I would. Oh, my God, I so would. <laughs> she, could, she could sit on me any day or put her feet up on me any day. Any of the greats. I, I would die. So we're going to get into our fun segment. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your favorite New York City eatery? Favorite New York City eatery? Um... Are we talking Midtown, Burroughs? What are we talking Wherever. about? Wherever. Like, where's the place that you, <sighs> if someone's coming to visit, that you're going to bring them? <laughs> this is the silliest thing in the world. And I don't know if it's an eatery. I don't know if I would ever bring anybody else here. But during Fringe and during a lot of my grad training, I've come in, in and out of the city through the LIRR, which comes right into Penn Station. And the Roses Pizza in Penn Station is like a must stop for me um, which is a problem and uh, do they know you by name now? no because they hate me they really do like Why? I don't think they care for me I walk in I I stumble I usually have a suitcase I have props I'm usually wearing makeup of some type they don't know why I'm there I don't usually know why I'm there but it's like they think you're a crazy homeless person? I hope so I really do I think that would be the best character study for me because I think it's so close to who I am as a human being and an actor um but it's a very specific Rose's Pizza. I don't go to the one near the LIR station. I have to go to the one near the steps up to Madison Square Garden. Gotcha. It's, it's very specific. I have no idea why. 
All right, I'm going to ask you a question, and you have to be honest. Okay. You're going to insult people with the answer, but you have to be honest. Okay. Who are worse, people from New Jersey or people from Long Island? People from Long Island. Oh, boy. I would yeah. agree with that one. But. Yeah, without a doubt. I work in the food service industry in Long Island, and being offended all you would like, um, <laughs> I think they're a different breed of human being, and I think it's very interesting the difference between South Shore and North Shore. Oh, yeah? And I work right in the middle, so I get the best and the worst of both worlds. And I'm sure you hear the most amazing accents in the world also. I do. I really do. And it's so funny because I always was perturbed and confused by my regional accent um, because it has a lot of Philly in it and it has a lot of weird... I don't know what in it. It might just be Master Mateo-isms, but I... Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of fun character study that can be had <laughs> on Long Island, and I can't even do the accent. I no. really can't, because it hurts me a little bit, and my soul. So if you can go on a vacation to anywhere right now, where would you go? Uh, ooh, England. Definitely London, England. Um, All right. Have you been before? No. Neither have I. Neither have I. I've never been to Europe. I would love to. I think I, w- I would... I would go and I'd have to do like a bunch of little plane trips because mm-hmm. I'd love to go to Italy. I'd love to go where my family's from. Which um, is? Uh, I can't say it correctly. Vico del Garganio or Garganio. Okay. Um, I, I would love to explore that part of the world more. Yeah. So we're going to do the pop five rapid fire. So I'm going to give you something and you just give like a quick response. Okay. Number one, Saturday Night Live. Uh, 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 um, Trump impersonations. I... All right. <laughs> did you watch this last episode? I did. It was pretty good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Actually, let me take it back. The first sketch was good. Okay. Everything else was pretty bad. She was painful. Oh, okay. I did not watch the full episode. I just watched the the Buzz yeah after blitz. after uh, Tina Fey made her cameo, it went oh. south. Okay. Um, next, we'll go with Moana. Lovely. I cried. Did you cry? I cry a lot at everything, but I, I cried. Something about a majestic old wise woman dying. Oh my god, the spoiler alert. I'm oh god. so sorry. Take that back. Like, revert that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but there's there's some beautiful moments, and there's some beautiful artwork in that, and I love the music. Lynn Mel- Lynn Manuel. Lynn. My good friend Lynn, who was on a first name basis with me. I'm kidding. Please, God, don't ever think that's true. Um... <laughs> There's amazing music, um, and I think I think it's a great little great little film. Hooters. I teach the play Hooters, so that's the first thing that pops up in my mind, and then the second thing that pops up is one of my Facebook posts from last week, where my boyfriend and I went to Hooters for dinner. And. And I don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand the concept or the food. I think the food was okay, and I. The concept makes me giggle because I work in the food service industry and I've burned myself in so many ways in so many places that I could not understand being in short shorts and a low cut top because I think those are precious parts of your body and a hot plate bumping into one of those would not be fun for me. So you don't want to work at a, like a, the male version of Hooters? If it pays, I'll go. <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I think there's a lot of burns to be had and I am... I, I am very precious with certain parts of my body. Sure, absolutely. All right, number four, Ringling Brothers Circus. Uh, I went when I was five. 
with some family and it was fun and gave me the most anxiety in the world oh yeah yes clowns are awesome when they're at a distance but when they're next to me they scare me so much and I have no idea why everybody has that weird fear of clowns and I don't know why but they just scare me well you had your circus memory because it's closing forever it is it is that's the news over oh, the weekend oh my gosh I have not yeah. heard that that oh, suck? I know they got rid of the elephants. Yeah, I didn't know well, they were apparently ticket sales went down, so they're shutting down. Oh, well. Cool. All right, number five, one word. Okay. It's all Donald Trump. <sighs> that works. Okay. <laughs> that is a total answer. Um, so if you've heard the podcast, you know that we kind of end this with our previous guest asking our next guest a question. Okay. So, Tess and Blair from ECC have a question for you. Okay. If you could be a female visual artist, who would you be? A female visual artist? I wish I knew more. Um, oh my gosh, I don't know visual art. I'm horrible. Any art. Come on, give us someone. Oh god, who would I be? Um, are we like talking like painting? Yeah, painting. Yeah. Oh, That's visual. I don't know. I see. I was Frida Kahlo about four years ago for Halloween, and so I think that's your answer. I think that is because I just I loved her look, and the bitch was cray. She was a little bit. She was cray, and I I I did some research and I I, I loved her, and um, it's the name that pops in my head first. So there's my answer. Nice. Now is your turn to ask a question to our next guest. Oh. Any um, question in the world. Oh, man. Uh, if you could... Ask a question of anybody that you've ever worked with and get the wholehearted, complete truth answer, who would that be to and what would the question be? That's a great loaded question. I think so. I love it. I'm We're pretty... gonna whoever this next guest is gonna give us this dirt. I, I mean, I you can. Oh no, I'm not gonna take that back because I think no, it, I think it's, it's, it's a fun great. Spot. I think yeah. it's gonna yeah. be a good one. Yeah. So where can we find you on social media? Social media, uh, you can search my name, uh, Matt Master Mateo, on Facebook or Maddie Matt Mastro on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and those are the ones I actually check and look at. So yeah. hit me up, friend me. I think I, I've been told I have some fun posts on the Fache book. They're pretty good. Um, and I love making friends, especially artists. Yeah. yeah. So if you've made it to the end of this podcast, please use hashtag bitchwascray, and we'll know that you, you made it all the way. Matt, thanks for coming out and doing this. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks once again to Matt for coming on. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page to learn how to become a patron. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, head over to theaterinthenow.com and drop me a line in our question link. I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.